Hi family, this is Pastor Ricky Rush from the Inspiring Body of Christ Church right here in Dallas, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to join us anytime, every time, anywhere, everywhere on this platform for a unique experience where the Word of God is broken down in a very simple way. It's Reset with Pastor Ricky Rush. And today's message is about to bless you. So let's get ready for an amazing message from God. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the IBOC Dream Church, and that's right. IBOC Dream Church has has been so proud of being able to bring you uh, these little special moments on Sunday evening. And uh, we kind of are in the stay lit mode, right? Whereas we're not ashamed to be on fire for God. Neither are we ashamed to let our lights shine. (laughs) I feel shade. Okay, no, we appreciate everybody for being here this evening. Um, <clears throat> what we do here on six at 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings is have a chance to continue to sow in the Word of God, to um, pray, to, <clears throat> to fellowship with uh, millennials. And so far they've been kind enough to allow me or let me or ask me or invite me in to be a part of... Uh, some of these conversations that we have that represent various uh, generations when it comes to different kinds of conversations that we'll that we'll have, and so that being said, I want to ask one of our panel to open up with prayer. We have a different kind of panel here tonight. Okay, just want you to know we have Sister Nair from the church here in the uh, all black right there with the Wednesday Women's Fellowship mask on. Oh, is that umbrella. And we also have uh, representing, uh, 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 the, I, I was about to say, um, in the, you're right, I was, uh, uh, the AKA division of uh, Kamala Harris with the pearls on here. We have Sister Armstrong. We have Sister um, Whitney here with uh, Stay Lit Church. We're representing the gardening team of IBOC. We have Sister Smallwood Stately shirt on representing uh, hospitality also. We have Sister Lloyd with the Stately shirt on representing um, the uh, University of Dreams uh, and the young adults here. We have Brother Stevenson here with the Stately shirt representing the technology and the technological part of the Inspiring Body of Christ Church and and the the wood shop, okay. Uh, And we also have uh, Brother... uh, um, Elijah here, <laughs> representing the <laughs> representing the reset department of our statelet division, and we also have Brother Carter representing the IBOC, a part of our statelet division, and we have Brother Lord, who's representing um, you know the blood of Jesus today in his red IBOC shirt. All right. And uh, I just appreciate so much. So who's going to open us up with a prayer so we can jump right in on this today? Because today we're going to be talking about uh, the, what are the expectations of friendship. We've been talking about great expectations. God led us into a word today. And these four men in the Bible, in the book of St. Mark, helped their friend. What are the expectations of friendship? When are the rules for friendship set? How do you know if you're engaged in the right rules? When do we set the rules and set the laws for friendship? And when do we know that friendships have gone bad? Maybe because we've never really set the vows. We just break it and then we hurt each other. Or are we strong enough to be in a position to lift our brothers and sisters in this case, you know, tonight we'll be talking. When, they're, when they get too heavy for us. We have in our audience tonight, Sister Bonner, Sister Rogers, uh, Sister Vivian, who are part of our Dream uh, Church community here. Thank you for being with us. And I want to thank an awesome team of, of, of people behind the scenes. It's just, it's looking more and more like CNN in here every week that we're able to broadcast. And they put so much hard work into it. And I want to say before we pray that last week when we, we had to postpone. We didn't. We didn't have to. It was Easter Sunday, so we postponed um, Dream Church. We didn't have. We canceled the Dream Church service just Sunday evening. And I never s- received so many praise gods in my life. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about what it means to postpone Dream Church one Sunday evening. 
praise the Lord, was highly uh, uh, good favorite last week. But anyway, we were glad to be able to for you to spend time doing other things. Anybody want to open us up with a prayer? Sister yes. Armstrong's going to open us up today. So beg your prayer to everybody. After this prayer, we get into our discussion. And what we do when, during all this talking I'm doing is just giving people a chance to, to tune in if they would like. Thank you, Sister Armstrong. Lord, thank you for the <coughs> opportunity to pray. Lord, I ask that in this moment you remove anything from us that is not of you and fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask that you remove all distractions and open our ears, our hearts, and our spirits to hearing from you tonight. Lord, trouble the spirit of whoever you are trying to reach specifically tonight, Lord. If they are distracted, if they are doing anything else, trouble their spirit so much that they have no choice but to tune in, Lord. Continue to use us, Lord. We yield our tongues to you to do your work, speak your word, and encourage those who need encouraging, Lord. I pray strength and peace over this entire service, Lord, and I thank you for the opportunity to keep doing your work, Lord. Let it continue to be encouraging for those who are watching. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. You all are some of the most powerful praying people, and I thank God for your development in this particular ministry of Inspiring Body of Christ Church. And I want to always encourage all of you, that if you want to become more knowledgeable, if you just want to be involved in a wonderful conversation on a Sunday evening and to just show your full support, half support, some support for the millennials um, of this entire nation in a time when being a Christian is, um, is a very wonderful honor, but it has its challenges. Uh, it has its challenges because we live in such a microwaved society and yet <clears throat> we are told by God to wait with patience as he increases our strength and so sometimes the challenge of being a young believer is met with a lot of disbelief today we um, are going to go into something a little a little different um, we started last Monday and and tomorrow night we want everybody to please be in or invite others to be in if you can't yourself uh, on a on our Monday school which is uh, another word from God why are we doing so much word because that's what got us where we are it's the, that's the only that's the why that is the why and when we care about others God cares about us and he proves it through his word and if you have a car you have to keep putting gas in it you have to keep putting gas in that car you you, you can go a long way with it now but you have to keep refueling it and it's just that simple with God's word being the same okay so my question today is in the book of St. Mark and these are all some topics sometimes on Sunday nights guys they're straight biblical sometimes they're they're uh, just uh, about what's going on in the world around us and we are not afraid to tackle any of these subjects and these young adults are are not afraid of these adults here with us or not um, we're constantly trying to build a platform and a foundation not just for them but for our teenagers and youth of our ministry as it continues to blossom and flourish and get back into a full bloom as we come out or on the other end of this pandemic. Um, Mark, the second chapter, talks about some, some, some guys. Um, when I read that chapter, when I read that story, I, I approach it from two different angles. One, I, I look at it and I ask myself, is this the story about a man who's paralyzed? Or is this the story about a friend or some friends who were organized? Is this a story about a man who's down on his luck and he doesn't even have the strength to go and find the very help he needs, which is in Jesus? Or is this the story of some friends who have just had enough of him and say, well, look, we got to get him some help because we can't keep putting up with him. Is this the story of a man who develops faith by realizing that he's got to trust all of his help now in the hands of his friends or these friends who after he's healed going to give him a bill for what it costs to put up with him. Friendship is a very wonderful tool that God has given us and it requires sometimes a little bit more loyalty and devotion on your end which could be their giving end then you would probably get on the receiving end. Sometimes we don't seem that friend, it doesn't seem that friendships are fair. You put in a lot and you get a little, or you put in a little and you receive a lot. And so sometimes we can feel entitled with friendships and which could make us take advantage of our friends, take advantage of our neighbors, take advantage of those who are taking care of us. I have a question that probably won't be answered today. 
But can you be a friend to someone who's a relative? You know, we can pick our friends, but you can't pick your kinfolk. You just wake up one day and realize, man, they're my family. You know, and so, uh, and, 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 and can you be with friends the way you are with relatives? Now, we, that, that would be a pretty different conversation to have one day. Or is it easier to fall out with friends and then you go pick other ones? Or is it more difficult to fall out with family because you tried to treat them as friends? What's that line? But So these, these men to me were all a part, and I'm going to say this, a part of the family of faith. But as we dissect the word of God and go into the word of God, what was that man thinking who needed to get taken to Jesus? Did he have any, did he have any say so? Or did his friends say, look, man, we're going to take you to Jesus. Because the Bible just mentions that they brought him. We're going to take you to Jesus. Man, I don't want to go to Jesus. Well, you got no choice because you're paralyzed. You're either going to stay out on his bed in this heat by yourselves because we're going to hear Jesus or we're going to take you to him. Do you have friends that are strong enough in God that will tell you, listen, you've got to get past being paralyzed by a pandemic. I hear crickets. Mm -hmm. Do you have friends that are strong enough to take a risk and say, we're going to hear the word now. We are blessed to be able to hear the word remotely. And we appreciate it. But now, let's go so we can witness how God is blessing in person other people's lives. So they took this man to see Jesus. And we started asking the question this morning. Do you have friends? And I'm going to start with this panel. We're going to jump right on it with them. Do you have friends? And you don't, we're not going to call any names. Because at some point when you start calling friends names, you may say somebody is your best friend and other people thought they were your best friends. And that's how the fight started. So we, we, we won't call names, but do you know of and are you the kind of friend that would pick someone up and take them to Jesus? That would pick someone up and take them to Jesus. And I know exactly what that sounds like. And I know exactly where I'm going with that. But maybe someone. Y'all answer that. Tell me. Are you, do you have friends strong enough. To handle. Your paralysis. Your load. Because you can be very heavy. Let's go for it. It looks like. Sister Small will start that, that conversation with us tonight. Yes. So we all would like that, those friends. I know I would in my life. I would like friends that's going to provide me with that godly counsel that's going to keep me focused and keep me rooted on God in God's word, not to let me stray. But that may also consist of shedding those layers. We may have friends in our life that sometimes we think that they're our friend and we think that they're what we need. But we need those friends that's going to provide us that godly counsel that's going to make sure that we are rooted. We're doing what we need to do. Today's message, Pastor, really blessed me. You said, no one knows the finish line but the creator. Wow. And that helped me. That reminded me of the scripture in Matthew, the sixth chapter, that said, but first seek the kingdom yes. and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And when I say that, I mean, we have those friends that we need by our side that's going to uplift us. But we also have those friends that sometimes along the way, as they went, we shed those layers. We lose those friends. So we also have to keep our eyes focused. And I've learned that when we use our faith and we keep our faith in God, he always takes us much further than we would ever think that we could go. And that's how we anticipate the extraordinary. Have you ever personally felt like you had to carry a friend? Yes, sir. That's, this is, you know, this is really huge. So I'm wondering when this is written in the word is, is cause there's a, there's a lot we can go with it. Now, this is not just a story that a parable Jesus was talking about. This is something that was so important that it got its own chapter in the scripture forever. Um, you, you've had to carry. What made you feel like you had to carry a friend? And you may have done it about 90 times in your life. This is not a secluded incident, okay? Okay, go ahead. Because people could be listening going, 
She was my friend. You mean you were carrying me? No, I don't mean I don't mean that like that. So please keep an open spirit when we when we talk in, in these conversations. But what made that friend heavy? Why why did you feel did you feel responsible for doing that? Yes, sir. Unknowingly, um, meaning that I felt their pain. I know when they're hurting. And as a friend, you don't want your friends to have to endure those things alone. So you try to stand in the gap. You try to be there for them and support them, especially if you see that they're worrying. They're not keeping their faith. They're not using their faith. And sometimes we can easily lose sight of that if we we worry about the circumstances. We worry about um, being in the valley. We worry about the low point of our life, and we don't look towards the goodness of God. So me as a friend, I want to be there for my friends to support them and let them know that it's okay. It's okay. And I think that's the way that we embrace them and carry them to, to help them get to the next stage in their life. Wow. Wow. Go ahead. I wanted to piggyback off of that. You asked um, if we ever had a friend that we had to carry. Um, and it made me think of when I really changed the definition of friendship when I had friends who had to carry me or who felt responsible for carrying me. Wow. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized what a true and real friend and friendship should look like. The older I get, the more I realize I don't want a friend who feels responsible for carrying my load. I don't want a friend who feels responsible for solving every problem. I want a friend who believes so much that what I believe and loves me so much that they know to give my problem to God. They know that they are not my solution, my comfort, and my peace. And I want their best efforts to be, if it's too much for them, and it, they know it's too much for me to give it to God. Because if we forget to do that as friends or um, our friends forget to do that, then that's how we start to take things personally. And that's how a lot of friendships can get messed up if we feel um, responsible for being that person to solve it, being that person to fix it. But if we learn that a friend doesn't mean you have to solve it. A friend doesn't mean that you have to have every answer. A friend means take that issue to who we all know can handle it. Take that issue to who we know has the, the final answer, not a momentary quick fix, but the answer. And I think a true friend will understand that sometimes you're doing the most you can for them by giving it to God. And so I think a true friendship, it, it comes by surrounding yourself with people who believe what you believe. That's why I'm so thankful for ABAC, the Praise Dance Team, the Dream Panel, because we all know who has the answer. We all know where the peace okay. comes from, the okay. peace comes from, the comfort comes from. Um, we all know that we need to go to the word or we can respond to that person or that friend with the word of God. And so we already, we already have that in our storehouse, so to speak. So that's what we pull on. We need friends who know to speak to the source. If we're out of character saying, that's not Alicia, let mm. me speak to the source. So I don't think because of that moment when friends thought they had to carry me and they couldn't, that changed what I thought a friend should be. I don't need you to carry it personally. I need you to get me to the help that I need. And that's when I kind of shifted what I started looking for in a friend. I don't need you to do it per se, but get me where you know I need to be. Wow, this, this is good. Because it was this guy in the Bible, you think he was so paralyzed that he couldn't refuse help. See, see, sometimes we, we you know, I'm good, I'm good. Well, those friends of his, according to this story that Jesus tells us here in, and it tells us here in, in Mark second chapter, they had an idea of how to get him better. However, however, there are some friends who maybe we didn't set the rules for. So we never knew when we crossed the line. And we don't know when we break the vows. Where does it start? When do we set the rules for friendship? You've been picking me up, taking me to work every day. So today you're late. And so now I'm going to lose my job because of you. I did not know, and we haven't spoken in six months. I did not know that you were mad because I was late. Because we never set the rules. I just, I was being nice. So I started taking you to work because it was headed in my direction. And I knew your car was in the shop. Your car got fixed and I kept picking you up. 
And I didn't know until six months later, and I was in Walmart and saw a friend that we had in common and said I hadn't seen him, hadn't seen her. And they said, well, you know, that one time when, when you fell out about not going to work. And I didn't know we fell out because I didn't know that there was a problem because we never talked. When do you set those lines? When do you set the rules? And so it's like a marriage and those vows were never set. The friendship vows are never set. No one ever walks up and says, listen, we're going to be friends and this is what you do and this is what you don't do. And we kind of learn it as we walk it. Um, and that's why I think it can be hurt. So, so obviously somewhere, and I'm going with this just, and, and I, I'm, a, I don't, here I go. I'm, I'm going with this because I don't know when those people in the story in the Mark, the second chapter, when did they set the rules? Did they ever get together and say, look, if something ever happens to one of us, all of us going to come together and get help. We have, I guarantee you, we have some paralyzed friends who are not ready to come back to church. But do we risk telling them, I'm picking you up? We're going to pick you up and bring you to Monday school. We're going to pick you up and bring you back to church. W would we risk that knowing that if you did, they may never speak to you again because you broke the rules? Is coming to church, is being in Christ part of the rules for your friendship? I, I mean, that could be a dividing line one of these days. And it could be a line that you say, okay, we don't ever talk about Christ. We don't ever talk about Jesus. We won't ever talk about God. Ah, okay, you go to church every once in a while just to appease me because, you know, I go out with you where you want to go. So you go to church, you chill out, you know, you're in fellowship with God. We're just doing that because I go to church with you. You go to the thing with me. We go to the, this the thing together. Is it a give and take thing? It's, it's, it's a, I'm talking a whole lot about because those guys had to lift this man. It's this is that's that's. That's amazing. They had to lift him beyond their own strength and, and be embarrassed and be destructive to get him help. Do we have those friendship bonds like that? Or is this just one of those real unusual stories? Do you have any great expectations for your friends? Okay. So for me, I think that all friends, to be a good friend is to be a great friend. I feel like that friend should go, that, that, that friend should be with you through all of the seasons of your life. Even in the spring when you're blooming and blossoming, getting all your blessings through the summer when it's getting a little, little dry for you. And also when it's the winter and everything's just, this, just dry and it's cold. Are those friends still there for you or did they move around to be like, OK, I'll come back when you get back in your springtime. Those aren't the good friends that you need. I need friends for me personally that when they see me, they're, they're still asking, hey, are you good? Hey, can we talk? Are you good? Like today during church uh, at the end of church, Pastor Rush, it was just I was telling Brother Carter and Leland earlier that I was in the main lobby this morning serving and at the end of church it was just I was telling them I don't know what it was but of course it was a spirit just brung me in there because of course I was on my post and then it was just like a okay go in there I was at the back then it was okay go in there now I'm, I'm walking down the aisle okay go get on your face and it was like a go down there right now and I know that one of my good friends but Leland right here was I don't know what he was saying, but I know that I felt him right there next to me praying. I don't know what he was praying, but I know it was something positive because when I got up and finished my prayer, it was just like a weight was just off of my shoulders. I went home. It was like, all right, I need a nap. Because for some reason, it was like <laughs> when you. Man, that's <laughs> church. When you have, after church, you got to have a nap. Exactly. And it's like wow. great friends, like after they, church, they stick and stay. And then when it's time for you to go through your struggles and your battles, they're right there with you. They didn't disappear and be like, all right, well, like I said, come back when you get like when you get your blessings, I'll be back so we can have fun with your blessings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's good. Y'all keep talking on this. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Pastor, when you spoke on the message on friendship, you spoke a lot on friendships uh, throughout the ministry when I was growing up. 
and this one spoke volumes to me. I mean, you spoke on Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the friendship on that. And I remember when we were teenagers, you had us stand up, and you're asking, do you have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And, you know, we also be a teenager. You're like, yeah. You're like, no, you don't. You haven't lived long enough to have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so the fact is, I'm still young, and I still haven't had that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego yet. Wow. But the thing is, with spoke volumes, and I was talking to Brother Elijah about this. So, so hold on. Let, let, let's make this conversational now. Okay. That means you have not lived long enough yet to experience someone who will go in the fire with you. Yes, sir. And know that you both won't get burned. Yes, sir. And know that you'll come out alive and that your fiery furnace experience can give a testimony. That's a, that's, I think back in the day we were trying to decide, is there anybody that will go in fire with you? Not just somebody who will put you on fire yeah. or, you know, let you come over my house and, 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 and um, yeah, you know, what, what, what breaks down in homes? I don't know. Let me keep the meat in your refrigerator. You can say, oh, that's a good friend. Now, my meat, my meat man's Paul, so he let me keep it in the refrigerator. You know, she let me keep it in her refrigerator. Whatever those things could be that could classify it as, oh, okay, they're pretty tight. Or just because they're around a long time, when it's fire time. Now, am I talking ride or die? You know, I, I don't know. I hear that phrase a lot. So I don't know what that means. You know, ride and die? You know, you know, or, you know, keep going with that thought, but this is, that's, you, you just, you just did that, you, you spoke that, I like that. On that topic, on the... Yeah, just okay. what you were saying with the Shadrach thing, how it... It just spoke if about... If you were done. I mean. Yes, sir. But uh, the reason why I did that to me, because I saw the parallels of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with these friends uh, in the Bible, Mark, second chapter, 24, 24th verse, they knew their friend was in the fire and they went in the fire with them that was embarrassing um first of all we're talking with brother elijah you had to come up with an idea of that you had to get on top of the roof making sure you guys not only you guys were safe but your friend was safe too so you both won't be paralyzed and <laughs> yeah, that's true so wow. you had to not only you had to be strong enough to tear open the roof make sure it doesn't hit jesus so it had to be strategic and just all these things and ideas and thoughts and faith, really. It was just really faith. Like, okay, let's do something so crazy that we'll have to get his attention. And the fact that you have a friend like that that's willing to expose themselves, a friend that's willing to go in the fire with you, a friend that's willing to go on top of a roof and gently let you down to get to your help, your savior, that, to me, lets me know, like, okay, that's what I want. Because I remember you told you. We're speaking on the fact, like, what do you want to ask God for? And that right there in the service is that I want a friend like that. I want a friend that can be able to, to take me up to the roof, be able to lift me on their shoulders to help me out. I want a friend that I can go in the fires and won't get burned. That's beautiful. Okay. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I see somebody. Oh, I don't know one. Yes, ma'am. Sister Bonner. Come on around here. And, well, just real quick. Come on up around here. We have a part of our uh, group that's what well, you matter of fact you can come in and get in the six feet zone right here okay keep keep going okay. hi y'all I'm Sister Bonner um, I had a couple things here um, friends come in different ways and forms um, for example in the book of Ruth Ruth and Naomi um, Na Naomi was definitely a friend even though she was a mother-in-law Ruth has married into that family for 10 years and coming from, you know, being a Moab and a Moabite, coming from that, she, Ruth and the family, they, they just showed her a different way of just serving Naomi's God. And so with that being said, you know, the husbands, they died um, and Ruth was, she wanted to stay with Naomi pretty much. Naomi told both of the daughter-in-laws to just go back to your family. The husband's has died. I'm not having any more children. I'm not seeking for a new husband. Um, and Ruth, was, she wasn't down for that. She was like, you know, I'm going to sleep where you sleep. I'm going to serve your guy. I'm going to be with you, you know. And so that is, that's a true friend. And that's when Naomi, you know, had a different type of heart. And 
it just showed it just showed me the dedication the dedication she had towards Naomi um the faith she had and when she made that step you know she received Ruth received she she just received much you know and so that's what I got from that so to answer your question pastor yes you can be friends with a relative Oh, okay. So that, I, I that's, was wondering. Uh, that's where I was going. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no. But in the, and I mean that in a sincere way because that, that y'all, are our expectations of our friends, are they too great? Do we have any great, what are the, let's just, what are the expectations of friendship? What do you expect? Now, this, that, I don't think these guys ever expected to take this guy and bust the roof off and now, you know, we don't know how they're going to pay for it and they're going to get arrested. I don't know, you know, all the details of those stories. But what are the expectations? And what, I mean, you know, we, just, we just know each other. Oh, no, we're friends. So when did that start? Um, I think one of the expectations to a friendship is respect and okay. communication. Um Without respect, I mean, it's like the relationship is just a um, a free for all. Like I can just do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want, okay. and um, you have to set those boundaries of respect and say, "Hey, this is where we cross the line. This is where um, we don't need to dip and dab in this, and um, I don't want you to say this to me." You know, because um, with respect, you built you build something off of that. You build trust. You build loyalty, and then you know. Communication is one as well. We need to communicate. I know you brought up a scenario. Um, you know, I'm taking you to work and you didn't tell me you got a car and I had to find out from a mutual friend. Um, communication is important when you have a friend. I'm pretty sure the, the, those four men, when they were on that roof, they communicated with him and said, hey, look, we love you so much that um, we're taking you to Jesus, regardless what we have to do, because we care about you, we respect you enough, we don't want to see you like this paralyzed, we're taking you to Jesus. So that means we got to rip a hole through the roof, then that's what we're going to do. Um, they communicated with him. I'm pretty sure he was like, y'all crazy, y'all crazy. But I mean, they got it done and he respect them enough to allow them to do that and just say, you know what, at least my guys, I know they got my back. So whatever they say, I, I can trust them in this situation to know that they are going to do, you know, they're going to do what's best for me because they care about me, because they respect me enough. Oh, wow. So that's, that's an expectation. Anybody else have any expectations of your friend? Do you, what do you expect from a friend? That's oh, huge because people, people fall out, you know, over friendships and, and, and stay fell out. They fall out and stay out. I mean, Okay, so uh, one of the things that I thought about with this story was that he had the right people around at the right moment. And okay, now you go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm way so. manning now. <laughs> I'm going to exercise my praise muscles. <laughs> had him around at the right moment. Yes, Man. Uh -huh. And um, some people become friends based off of our, or your first impression of them. Um what I had was that sometimes when people meet our expectations, when we're in need, they or we may feel obligated to keep them around because they were there when we needed them. And sometimes that can veer off into a relationship that is masked as a friendship, but it's really um, a burden. So they sometimes, like, one of the expectations of a friendship can be, well, you know, I was there when you needed me, so they feel like that you owe them your time in a particular way, like giving somebody rides or, you know, giving them money or something like that, just because they were there for you for that first time. So. And when does that become a weight? When does that become a weight? When does a person become paralyzed? Now this guy, uh, he, he, um, he was beyond growth. And in order to get better, he had to get to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to help us explain to some younger person or older person who's listening um, who's, who's tired of friendship what friendship wears you down you know we're talking about friends the, the, they were friends they were four men and another one on a mat there were 
five guys. It's a hamburger place. No, there were, no, there were five guys. And <laughs> thank you very much. And and they were there are five guys, and one guy cannot contribute to the friendship. We are carrying this dude. And you know there are times when look, what we what we gotta do, we gotta get you revived. We gotta get you to Jesus. What do you do with your friends that don't I mean when do you realize we're just dude, we're just carrying you? Is that okay? I know this is this is some tough stuff because without the mask on, you're, you're probably going. Ooh. I mean, I mean, but um, that's how that's that's how important because we got to realize what, what finally happened to this. They, they. I would say, Pastor. I think you have to. I guess this friend. I'll speak on this friend that's in the Bible. This character, with his other friends, I believe he was grandfathered in. You know, you have a friend that you grew up with. And that's the friend you were like, oh, man, that's base. That's the brother right there. And so uh, they knew his heart. They knew him at his best and they knew him at his worst. And obviously they saw him at his worst. Yeah. And they wanted him back at his best again. Uh, think of it like the three amigos. They, they knew they needed number three. They can't have two. Am- well, I guess you can't have two amigos, just double amigos. But I don't know. Anyway, they knew they needed, they br- they needed their brother. They needed their friend. And they wanted him back the way he was again so they took it upon themselves because they knew like okay if we were in this situation and we were in his situation he would do the same for us you know like you say for a friend like he would do it for us let's do it for him so i guess they knew he was heavy to bear i'm gonna bust it in the mouth then that's good i'm liking okay accept me the way i am i'm paralyzed quit trying to get me help i don't want jesus okay i don't want help this is y'all's idea now how you approach that one Look, we, we, we're friends, but I, I don't want, I don't mind being paralyzed. It's, it's working for me. Leave, leave me alone. Go. It's amazing. <laughs> I had a childhood best friend for like 14 years, Pastor Ruth, And uh, we split up for that very conversation. Wow. I'm going to say one word, and it's uh, integrity, which is the quality of being honest and having some moral principles and moral uprightness. And what that speaks to me is, let me know when I'm really, really doing too much, when I'm crossing the boundaries when I'm smelling myself, when I'm really out of character, when I'm really, you see, we we talk about momentum. And uh, Reverend Thompson used to always educate me with singing, with momentum. You can be a Ferrari, you can be a Rolls Royce. You know, when you get this momentum, you gotta know how to control this car. And sometimes you have to have somebody letting you know, hey, like those uh, signs on the road that say you are at 50 miles per hour and you're at supposed to be going 30. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need people to let you know, slow down. Okay, you're doing the right thing, but now you want too much too fast. And you got some people that let me, ah, that's just him. Let him do his thing. But integrity comes in and says, okay, I know he's going to get mad when I say this, but that's my boy. That's my sister. I can't allow this to continue to go on. I know they're gonna, they don't feel like they got it all together, but they need help. When I was in a low place in my life, my mom brought me here because she had integrity to know that I needed help. Now I've learned how to be a good friend. See, we have modes. We shift in these modes. So a mom can know how to be a friend as well. She might not stay a friend, but she can be a friend. And we just we just have to understand that when we, we have these friendships, I always try to keep some type of integrity and it's not going to always be easy. And that's, that's where the godly community comes in. You ask for strength. When you get around people that are actually not your friend, hey, guys, I need some. Did you need- ever pick your mom to be your friend? No. Never. And that breaks parents' hearts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it on you, but I, I want to do this. Because sometimes when parents ask kids, am I your friend? Or write down your three best friends. Or all these things. And, and I'm talking to parents now. And you, you get disappointed that you're not on the kids' 
friendless because you don't meet the qualifications of what their friends are. You're you're at a different level. Uh, so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so so, but it, and you know, as that as that child gets older. They kind of want to go around. Why don't you want to be around me anymore? Why do you always, always never want to go where we go? Because now you're not one of those friends. Um, but there's a greater relationship. So when you say your mom brought you here, okay, you were the paralyzed man. And your mama knew how heavy you were. Absolutely. And when she reached beyond her limit, she bust a hole in the limitation Absolutely. and brought this. Watch this now. Being paralyzed, y'all, that's, not so, that's an embarrassing friend. The, he smells. He can't maybe take care of himself. We, we just, we don't know. See, so, so, so now you're going to take this, 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 this man public. And you still got acknowledged. We're doing it because it's our friend. We're not doing it because we want a, 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 a Facebook Live with him. We want to we wanna create a meme with him. We're not doing it because we want some thumbs up. Ooh, look at them. This is, this is be kind to paralyze people weak. And so everybody can do that for a while. Oh, yeah. Charitable cases are great. <laughs> but she brought you here. You said your words because she wanted you to get help. Now. What we are learning from that is I don't think she was ever criticized for bringing you here. I don't think somebody ever got on her. You shouldn't have taken that boy to Jesus or taken him to church. And I, well, he said, Jesus, you know, this is where God heals like in, in a lot of places he heals. But she brought you yes, sir. knowing that you could still publicly go bad. She took the risk. That's what friends do. They help. That's what friends do. And sometimes, you know, I'm not comparing this with the notes on leaders. But sometimes friends don't. They don't go first. They kind of wait to see who else is going to do something. And if, if all else fails, they jump in. I. Uh, that's a good story. That's good. I, I don't know if you ever thought to write about it to right now that your mom, uh, that you were the paralyzed man, and your mom picked you up, and brought you to church how many parents are criticized and condemned for doing that very thing now you can't make kids go to church you shouldn't make kids go to church they'll decide on their own I think they'll decide um, in their own different valleys but it's wonderful to be introduced um, to Jesus and let that be one of your reasons for accepting him because the people that introduced you to him were people that were trying to live and walk with him that's just that's just my opinion on that. And so my question is, well, you know, what 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 did they do that was different? What did your mom do that was different? What did your daddy do that was different? What did your cousin do that was different? Is there somebody here right now listening that's maybe going through the paralysis? And what would your friends do? What kind of expectations are they putting on you to be? out of your paralyzed state. Um, we got just a few more minutes and I'm gonna wrap it up again. So pastor, one of the things that you just hit on that was really impactful to me about his friends is that you just mentioned that Leland's mom brought him to where Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And so I think something that we can't look over um, is that his friends knew where to go. Um, very often in 2020, we think about iPhones and maps, but this is well before that. And Jesus did not publish an agenda on where he was going. He was in someone's house. And so one of the things I would say to look for in friends are friends who know where Jesus is and how to get to him. That's the first step, because the strategy and the idea and the creativity, that knowledge does nothing without the wisdom of how to get to Jesus. And one of the other things that I thought was really important is having friends that listen and look for ways to find out what Jesus is doing. What do I mean by that? This is, um, all happens in Mark 2. But if we look at Mark 1, Jesus started in Capernaum, did some miracles, talked, um, preached, and then he went to surrounding cities and came back. 
So what that means is his friends were looking for an opportunity, had heard about this man named Jesus that was able to heal and took the risk to go find him, to go locate him, and then gave the news to the, par- the paralyzed man and then figure out a way to bring him to him. So that's so important to surround yourself or with people who know about Jesus, know how to get to Jesus, but also us as friends. It's imperative that we come to places like church and dream church and places like that to find out. And let's out. Say, this. say these words, everybody. Working together. Working together. So you got four friends, all right? You got what in the middle? One paralyzed guy. Four friends pulling in four different directions. Now the guy never gets to Jesus. So at some point you got to what? Work, go the same direction. Hey, man, let's all agree. Okay, keep, keep going, because that, that, that's important. That's good. Absolutely, and I think that was so imperative. So when we're looking for reasons to be friends and ways to be friends, going and finding where Jesus is to take that news back to those who can't do it until they can is key. What made the paralyzed man maybe agree to go or even not fight them to go is knowing where they were taking him and why. And you don't know that if you're not in the presence of what Jesus is saying. Another thing is, you know, maybe I don't want friends that are Christian. So what are three things you can really expect when you have God friends? From this scripture that we're looking at, Mm -hmm. the first thing is innovation. We see God doing something new here. Um, As you said, you said it on Monday school, it was the thing that got me out of everything you said about this, was you said there was a scripture on Mark 212. They literally say, I've never seen anything like this before. So when you surround yourselves with mm-hmm. godly friends and godly counsel and godly influences, God is able to do that, use that to do something people have never seen before. And that's really, really powerful. And even in Isaiah 43, 19, we know it's God's good pleasure to do new things because he says, I will do a new thing. Mm-hmm. And so we see God doing what he's, ple- what he's pleased to do, but mm. through these friends. The next thing is God experiences. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or more are gathered, I am in the midst. And this is an example of that. We have four friends seeking Jesus. If we stop there, we see why it happened, but seeking Jesus on behalf of their friend. And it is no coincidence that when they lower him to the foot of Jesus, Jesus first says, your sins are forgiven. What we know is that when your friends are together in a godly place and seeking God, you get bonus blessings. I wanted you to get paralyzed, but not only are you you're free of your paralysis, but also your sins are forgiven. And so seeking Jesus for the glory of God is key. And lastly, the support and the strength that they show together. Four men knowing where to go. Well, that's a miracle in itself in 2020, 2021. I don't know anybody who got oh. four close friends, but that's not here nor there. 40, <laughs> 400 followers, but can you get four close friends? That's really key. Um, and so support and strength, we see that they are able to lower him down, go to the same place. That takes a lot of strength to carry a man and put him on ropes and go. I don't know if anybody in here wants to go work on the roof of Abba, but they did it. And the scripture behind that is Ecclesiastics 4 and 12. Really, Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 12 talks about the importance of having more than one person. It starts by saying two are better than one. And we see here we have five. But my favorite one is 412. And I put it in a a unique um, translation. The contemporary English version says someone might be able to beat up one of you, but not the both of you. As the saying goes, a rope made from three strands of cord is hard to break. And so what you find is when you have multiple friends that are around you that are godly, not only are you supported, not only are you strengthened, not only can you get in the presence of God, but you find yourself finding creative ways to be blessed and giving God the opportunity to show forth his glory. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's why we love to hear from you in the dream church and you study and you, and you learn the word of God. And I don't want anybody to think that this, this comes over time. And what you're hearing here is, you know, issues that commit, cause people to commit suicide. Why? I don't know if you've ever been around a child and they get, they won't eat, they're sitting in the corner pouting. Why? He says, he's not going to be my what? Friend. And that's huge. That's huge. He said something a minute ago about you can get 400 people to be your followers. And people love that. But how many of those followers do you ever even see? Do you ever even know? And um, I, I've kind of started to notice on social media, the big thing is add a friend. 
And what is it? What is that column? What does it go under? Um, it's like if if you're on a Facebook, you want to be a friend. Does it say add? Just add a friend. That's the word I'm talking about. Okay, just just add a friend. Uh, and and when you help me help us, when you add a friend, how long do you keep them there in that friendship thing? You have to watch your friends. And the reason is, Pastor, because once you add a friend on Facebook, unlike regular life, they never go away until you manually make it happen. So they can kind of hide. And what happens is they also, it's really interesting, they influence what you see. So people are always like, my timeline on Facebook got so much ungodly things. Social media is so evil. No, that's the people you're friends with. Those are the people you've chosen to be friends because what they like and what they post is what you see. If you don't have any friends, you don't have a timeline. And so that's really interesting that you say that, Pastor, okay. because it's about who you choose to be friends with depends on what you see across your timeline. Okay, so is it, is it fair? Yo, and I know it's getting past seven. We got to get this. Is it fair to say that the paralyzed man, now we're just, we're, we're just talking, this is, this is Bible discussion stuff. Is it fair to say that the, the paralyzed man picked them as friends or they picked him as a friend? Well, I think like past, like Facebook. Today, and I know we don't know, but, let's, but like on Facebook, okay. one person asks you to be a friend, but that doesn't make you a friend. You they always ask him, be my friend. I got With, 60 people waiting in line to be my friend that I have not accepted. Okay. So you can ask to be a friend without accepting. So I think it has to be, it's, it's me. This is how I'll put it, Pastor. When you said followers, followers are parasitic. Friends are mutualistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Followers like parasites. They can follow you. Yeah. You don't have to say yes. You don't have to say no. But friends, you have to make an agreeable decision to be friends with someone before that, that, hap- before that happens. So everybody can see without you necessarily wanting to be seen, but not everybody can share unless you choose them to share. Okay, now, that, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am trying so hard. I'm trying so hard with with this um, because of, let's just keep it real. In my generation, you didn't have to even ask people to be your friends. You were just friendly, and people chose uh, to be around you um, because you were more of a giver in the relationship than a taker of the relationship. And sometimes it wasn't even mutual. Uh, I think one day I realized that people don't have to be friendly to you just because you're friendly to others and to them. You kind of thought that it was supposed to go that way. And we learned this morning, what made these men different? What were they different? What makes you four guys different? What makes you four ladies different? What makes you different as a friend? We discussed this morning that they did not allow the circumstances. They did not allow what was going on around them to dictate how they were going to help this guy. It just looked like this is not going to work, y'all. Let's just give it up. No, we've got to figure it out. we got to figure it out. I'm not going to church. I'm not ever going to church. I don't like church. What did you say? I don't, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be in, in love with the Lord and all that stuff y'all do. And if you really love someone, you know that's going to benefit them. You, you just, I'm going to say this. Sometimes we just, I wouldn't let them off the hook. Um, a child doesn't know he's supposed to have vegetables. child doesn't even know he's supposed to have food. They're just crying because something is hurting. And the mom and dad figure it out, you haven't eaten. And so the parent who says, well, I know what he likes or she likes, not necessarily. You know what you've prepared and what they're going to be fed. And um, I remember the first time I ever, and last, no, it wasn't last time. It was the first time I ever ate like, this, this gourmet food called um, chitlins. The only reason I did it, I was so hungry. I was, and that's all they had at the house was the chitlins. I had gone outdoors to avoid the smell. And then I had to convince myself to hold my breath and not eat. Look, all these are young people. Y'all don't know nothing about them. Then. You know, but... but 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 that's what they did. They 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 didn't allow this stuff to dic- to dictate it. You know, uh, then then they took action. They actually went and did something. And I'm gonna keep hitting this because this is important. We're afraid to take action sometimes to help help our friends um, because they're gonna stop being our friends, probably. But if you help that friend, you got all these other friends looking, 
And can you help everyone? No. Can you be there to handle everybody's issues? No. And everybody's problem can't become your crisis. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, I have to sometimes make some choices. And all these friendships are not based on the same thing. Some friends can do things that others cannot. Some friends can do things that others will not. They could. And they don't want to invest in you like that. But these guys took action, right? And so those other two points is they took the problem where? Straight to Jesus. Straight to him. And that means they didn't take any side side um, tracks. They didn't go any other different places. They went right uh, to where he was. And now that proves that they really wanted to help him. That, you know, okay, what do you want to do? I want to help you. I want to pray for you. I want to, I want to kind of help guys. I think this is some important stuff. Um, and that fourth thing that we talked about this morning is that they didn't, they, they weren't going to get discouraged because everybody thought they were crazy for trying to help this, this man, this, this, this paralyzed brother, and the way they were going about it. And I think that's, that, that took a lot of courage for them to keep going while listening to stuff that said, this is not good. This is a dumb idea. That took a lot of courage. Um, I appreciate us talking about this. This is, this is a hard conversation. And of course, it's a long way from being a finished conversation. Um, in this room, you all have developed either relationships, kinship, or friendships. Um, and I'm just grateful to be a part of one of the passengers on this championship because it has taken um, it has it has taken quite a bit to maintain where you are now, now, now what do you want from this you know what are you willing to do with it do you have great expectations for the dream church do you have any expectations for the dream church or is this something to do does this make you well I'm, I don't have anything to do so I'll put this on my calendar and make that my thing to do can I just dare to ask you what are some of the great expectations that maybe you still have for the dream church anybody we know we came because we wanted to be able to reach a different generation and and i say different generation younger generation and an older generation by coming totally virtual getting us uh, um, accustomed to used to uh, and comfortable with using um social media using our cell phones and ipads to be able to be in fellowship and not have to be in the building and that's that's what this is kind of about. We have expectations. And if you want to see it and be a part of it, you have to come to where it is. And it's online. But what other expectations do you have? I think for the panel to grow. For the panel to grow. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to, I know we got to wrap it up. So, uh, and everybody doesn't have to, but I would really love to hear what you, some of your expectations are. Um, part of expectations that I see us fulfilling is really just showing God in a great level amongst our age group and showing the world that we're more than just, you know, on our phones, just, you know, not wanting to strive for better, but we're truly being used by God as being his vessel and spreading his word. One of my expectations is to make it cool to be a Christian for our age and then let there that be an go. inspiration for the generation coming after us. Make it cool to be a Christian. Wow. Uh, my, my expectation is just for us to continue modeling what it looks like uh, to work together as believers, all ages, um, not just a Christian, but just a believer of God. What does it look like? For us to have godly conversation and God is birthing a great model and I just expect it to continue to grow. Do you expect you expect God to speak to you sometimes in unusual ways today? And sometimes I know that uh, you work on Sundays or whatever. And so today, just in this moment, um, and I have to say the word I, I don't like using the word I, but I said, don't leave the building today. Don't leave. Don't leave. When we finish singing, because our choir sings, and sometimes we have to go other, we have to do other things, and I'm thinking, no, we didn't get here to sing a song and go home. Stay here today. And at that moment when a brother needed you, you ever think about what would have happened if God is saying to a friend, go down, and I'm going to have a friend who stayed 
to be there to comfort you. You, you ever think about how close God makes a call? Just how close. And, 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 and somebody can say, well, you know, that's, that's being manipulative and telling people what not to do. Life sometimes is about listening. And that sounds like what you were saying. So your mama brought you down. And you went down for somebody else. That's an expectation. You know what? You can expect somebody else to come. And you say, God, I'll stand in the gap. I'll be waiting for him. That's an expectation, man. To know that I just left the bus coming from Dallas. And I'm going to be at the Greyhound Station in Chattawa, Texas somewhere. And I'm, I've, I don't know what's around. But I know somebody's waiting on me. If you just look out the window and go, oh, there's my ride. That's an expectation. That's a great expectation. When you get in an Uber car, you hope it has air. Is that right? I've never, I've never been in an Uber yet. Do you, do, you, do you hope it has air? Can you pick air? Can you say, don't pick me up if y'all don't have air? Can you? That you have air and heat and all. Wow. See, that's an expectation. So when you get in there and it's hot, you're going, wait a minute. They might have air, but what if the driver says, I'm not turning it on. I got a cold. The ratings are what keep. So the ratings are what keep our friendships strong. Do we rate them? Do we grade them? Okay. Anyway, expectations for dream trips. We're getting, ready to walk. We're getting ready to go out. We're going to get your offerings together if you're going to bless us with an offering or just with a prayer. Okay, go ahead. Mine is, uh, like you used to say, being a Christian is the bomb. Oh. Bring that back. You know, the expectations of being a Christian bomb? Being a Christian is the bomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My expectation for the Dream Church is to continue to model what a digital Christian looks like and the ability to seek God through online and virtual means. Okay. Digital Christian, that digital evangelist. Here we go again. Let's not forget the purpose. You know? And that would be, it, that's what kind of keeps us going. My expectation for the Dream Church is that this doesn't end, or this is just a fad, that this grows and goes beyond our imagination that we are thinking of right now. One of my expectations is to see um, more millennials come in here and get saved and know Christ, you know? It's not just an old people thing. It's a young people thing, too. And that, that puts us in the category of having great expectations. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we continue to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to invite everybody to be a part of what we call our 90-day reset promise, reset challenge, um, which we know that is taking some time and it will take time to merge back into church the church is here we got off for COVID for a minute and I'm going to ask everyone that's listening right now if you have not um, right now go to IBOC um, no 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 go to 90 just uh, you can text on your phone 90 day reset and you text that to 31996 just text 31996 and text 90-day reset. You'll get a scripture from us. You'll get prayer daily. Uh, I'll come in and just leave prayers or inspirationals or conversations uh, just to you. And you'll listen because you signed up to stay connected and stay motivated until coming in the fellowship becomes a wonderful, wonderful habit. And Having a friend in Jesus becomes something that you just cannot do without. But you have to get reset to that now because so many things have made us say there's not a friend like Jesus. But we don't talk to him. And I don't know if he reads text. He wants to know he's on your heart. Not just on your friend list. So right now, if you... Uh, are able to do so, we're going to ask that you would give uh, an offering. Go to Givelify or text to give or just save it till tomorrow. You're at Monday school at 7 p.m. But right now, just show God how grateful you are for this opportunity. We're going to close out with a prayer and we're going to call it wrap.
until next Sunday at 6 p.m. live right here with the Dream Church. This is never pre-recorded so far. It's always live, which means these young men and women on this panel, and I want you to see them again, they make a sacrifice. They make a sacrifice. They are not stars, but they stay lit. Father, we thank you for what you have offered to give us tonight in the word in these wonderful, awesome uh, conversations that we keep having. I thank you, Lord, that this group, one of the things we're learning is not to forget the generations behind us, the generations in front of us. And I just want to pray now, God, for those who dare to give today, those who sacrificed their time to listen. Meet us here now as we get prepared for our next service, Monday night, 7 p.m. Thank you for pouring into us all day today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, y'all. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Reset Podcast with Pastor Ricky Rush. If you would like to make a contribution or a donation to the Inspiring Body of Christ Church Ministry, do so by going to www.ibocchurch.org and give. Thank you so very much. Also, you can find IBOC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, ibocchurch.org. Well, that's all we have for today. Tune in next time and experience the joy right here on Reset with Pastor Ricky Rush.